Welcome to She's Having an Episode, a podcast dedicated to TV's very best female characters. I'm screenwriter Layla London. And I'm journalist Ashling O'Leary. And today we are discussing Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy. Oh my god, I am so excited. Um, oh yeah, like this, I just, reliving this character, it just really took me back in time to a very, a, a simpler time when it was just, you know, <laughs> a show once a week. <laughs> no demands beyond grabbing a snack and watching Meredith Grey have yet another meltdown. Yes, exactly. Was it was it, was it Wednesdays at eight, no? So Tuesdays at eight or nine p.m. It was. I remember it was like Tuesday. Yeah, that was it. Tuesdays at eight was Grey's, and then nine was Desperate Housewives. It was quite quite the time yes. to be alive. What an era of top tier televisual content. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, very excited that we have chosen Christina for this week. So, Christina, played by Sandra O, oh, who happens to be one of my personal favorite actors of all time, was Gray Sloan Memorial Hospital's fiercest surgeon. Over ten seasons, we saw Christina grow from a relentlessly ambitious intern to a fearless and inspiring head surgeon. And Meredith Grey's person, of course. With sardonic wit and an unparalleled dedication to challenging the status quo, both in and out of work, we couldn't help but go, well, she's having an episode. Ashling, my love, please kick us off with some fun facts on this Shonda Rhimes icon. There are numerous fun facts. I was just, my mind was being blown by all the stats. I just love, I love some great stats. Okay. We love it, that. We love it. Yeah. So, um, historical audience record for Grey's Anatomy, 37.88 million viewers. Uh, and I'm sure that's probably just grown with streaming now, actually, and everyone that's watching it post, um, Gosh, what do you call a time when it was released weekly? <laughs> post, I don't know, sofa television? Post-network? Yeah. Post-satellite? Yeah, post-net, post-network era. That's really, mm. God, it's fascinating, isn't it? Being mm. launched in 2005, was it? Yeah, we were all just sitting on couches waiting for the ad to finish, weren't we? I know. Ads, what even were they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's number one number two february 28th 2019 marks a dethroning because on this day er was no longer the longest running medical series this was when the three uh 332nd episode of Grey's anatomy was aired holy shit balls uh-huh yeah number three It has the record number of episodes for an LGBTQ plus character in a TV show. 239 episodes feature Sarah Miraz as Callie Torres, wow, the bisexual too- surgeon. The bisexual surgeon who went on to become probably one of the worst gay characters and in just like <laughs> Listen, nobody's perfect, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know what? Props to Sarah Ramirez because Callie was also an excellent character, but good lord, that that was a that was a character shift, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it really, really was. Yeah. Yeah. So next one fact. <laughs> Let's go. Keep them coming. As of February 2023, Grey's Anatomy was ranked the tenth most popular on demand program. Interesting. Is that on Disney Plus? It is now on Disney Plus, yes. And that is, is where I've been rewatching some episodes. Love that. I honestly, Disney Plus has all the shows now. It literally has everything I watched when I was a teenager. And then, you know, The Bear has, it has absolutely Princess everything. Diaries. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it really is a one stop shop for everything. Yeah. Uh, not everything. I mean, this is also not on, uh, it's not on Disney. That's true. Amazon has something. And oh my God, you know what? They all, they, to their unfortunate. They all have their calling card. You <laughs> know. And the sad fact is my wallet suffers because of it. Because I have oh, literally I every know. single streaming service under the sun. Oh, that's a conversation for another time. You can't when you love TV as much as us. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> Take my money. Uh, <laughs> That's interesting, though. Ever. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I'm not finished. There are more fun okay. facts. <laughs> please, please. Dr. Burke was supposed to be with Meredith. What? Dr. Preston Burke with Meredith. I know. Can you imagine? Um, so oh my God, I hate that. Isn't that wild? I just do not see that working. Was that sort of in the first iteration of the show or? Yeah. So here's what happened. Okay. So when they cast Ellen Pompeo, the actress herself is in an interracial marriage and she was seemingly not comfortable living her reality on screen as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah I know. That's complicated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... I I feel like I need to read some interviews, but that is really surprising. I've never heard anything of the sort that they were supposed to have been together. Mm. Well, yep, yeah, found this out today and just thought I'd plop that in there. Thank you so uh, much. Not yes. that he was a better choice for Christina either. I mean, we will surely get onto that, but you uh, know. but he fit. He wasn't a better choice, but like they made more sense than oh, for sure. Than Burke would ever have made. Like no. Yeah, so I know that is wild that you like you wouldn't. I, I just feel like no, I, I've never heard that from another actor. Not that I know no. of anyway. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think also so many of the relationships within Grey's Anatomy are progressive and ahead of their time, mm. interracial within lots of different sort of backgrounds and cultures. Um, and I think they're handled all really sensitively. So yeah, it's really interesting to hear that that wasn't an option from the get go. But I could also understand, you know, if somebody like Ellen Pompeo may have been fearful as somebody who's perceived no negative responses from people in her own personal marriage, maybe she didn't want to deal with that twofold on screen. I completely understand why that would be, yeah, challenging for somebody. How interesting. Maybe like the obstacle she's coming up against and yeah, her real life. I'm just saying exactly what you're saying in different words. <laughs> I just, that's I got to stop myself. But yeah, yeah, it just, I can just see how she's just like, I don't want to like play this out on screen as well. It just, maybe it's just like the re so and the reasons a lot of actors go into why they choose certain characters is that they play, they get to play another, like someone who is not them and they're not living their reality and they want to try mm. something new. And so to just play out your life again, it's just like, ugh, like, what's the point? Yeah, no, I agree with that. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm already like, I've got a point to come back to with Christina, but I don't interrupt your fun facts, so please continue. <laughs> yeah, so next one, fact. <laughs> um, the relationship with uh, Danny Duquette initially uh, was written for Christina to fall in love with the patient. So, you know, Izzy falls in love with the patient, Denny Duquette. Yeah. It is so cute. Um, <laughs> and that was a heartbreaking story. Heartbreaking. Uh, but yeah, that was written for Christina. This is so interesting that so many storylines, I wouldn't say are taken away because girl had enough sort of trauma and love in her own, <laughs> in her own space. Um, but so interesting that some of these um, more interesting, yeah, storylines are taken away. Do you want to know a fun fact that I know that yes, only came from, I know I've, you've just triggered this memory because as a, as a screenwriter, I, really sort of fell in on the deep end when I started writing scripts. It was purely a hobby, sort of turned into a career by accident. But I read basically everything I could find that Shonda Rhimes wrote when I was first sort of teaching myself how to screenwrite. Because mm. did you do her masterclass? I did look at her masterclass. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bigupmasterclass.com. I really do have some golden shit on there. Um, <laughs> but do. also within within the sort of things that I read, I mean, comedy drama is my thing, right? It's also Shonda's thing. She is an icon in that space. But I read the original sort of series outline to Grey's and realized that she was supposed to have gotten pregnant in that first series and got into a motorcycle accident, which obviously never was put on screen. That series outline 
was so far into the process. They had already cast Sandra Oh and all the other characters or faces were in that series outline. So again, another storyline that was changed so close to the line that mm. it really surprised me when I sort of read that initial document thinking, you know, this is probably a point where the series is solidified. You've got 22, 25, however many episodes nailed down. And a lot of the stuff in there actually didn't get it to scream, which shows how sort of <laughs> how hard and long Shonda and her team worked in that first series to make it, mm. you know, the excellent televisual event that it was. But yeah, it just, it triggered that memory that she was supposed to have gotten into this terrible car accident and lose a baby. Uh. Mm. Mm. Well, Christina ended up losing a baby anyway, just in a very different way. Yeah. yeah. I've also got a fun fact about that too. <laughs> do oh do drop it in. I I've <laughs> come I've come to the end of my I've got other fun facts, but I feel like I'll drop them in throughout the episode. <laughs> please do, please do, because I don't, I am suddenly accidentally becoming Ashling right now. I don't know where all these things are just like popping in and out. Girl, we ebb and flow. We do. We're <laughs> like the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason, the reason I'm literally diving in in trauma's deep end over here, obviously she has a miscarriage. I think it's in season two. She is pregnant with Burke's child. She is planning to terminate the pregnancy, but she has an ectopic pregnancy, which is basically a point where the fertilized egg ends up being outside of the womb it means normally that egg is in a fallopian tube rather than nestled safely in the womb which causes a lot of potential trauma not only for baby but for mother and the reason i bring this up is because my friend about six or seven years ago had an ectopic pregnancy and the only reason i had any idea how to support her to not ask her all the difficult questions was because of Grey's Anatomy and Christina Yang's storyline. It really sort of like felt full circle in the sense that obviously I watch TV for entertainment, but God has Grey's taught me a lot too. <laughs> really mm. just the way so many of these storylines end up sort of weaving into your own personal life, especially in more soapy or comedy drama stories and shows like Grey's you do end up taking a lot away from them. And I think it's important that storylines like that and characters like Christina are so solid and well-researched and taken care of because we do take those characters and those stories with us, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Uh, like just the idea of a friend being your person. That has, I, I think that was, I think that was just like revolutionary for so many women just being seeing their friendships being affirmed uh just seeing how yeah just female friendship is so important and uh, yeah th that's it she calls uh Meredith calls Christina her soulmate and that's really important so to see one woman say it to another woman like yeah I've got the love of my life Derek but you you are my soulmate because the thing is like we can have different loves in our lives. And I think we just place so much value on the romantic love, but Jesus, the platonic can really get you through the thick and thin of it. And you really see that with Meredith and Christina, their relationship goes through <laughs> big ebbs and flows and Completely. really there for each other. And it's so beautiful to see. And it's funny because, you know, Christina is this really kind of, cutthroat aggressive character and yet you can from the get-go she definitely places a value on connections and on bonds so she's not Absolutely. totally human so that is her that that's that's a way for us to uh to relate and engage with her along with i just love her sarcasm oh my god i love her humor <laughs> oh she's she's absolutely golden as a person she is the most entertaining person on the show she's also the most capable and intelligent and just yeah what a woman but particularly when it comes to Meredith I think it's really it's a really interesting point because though we see a lot of shows maybe where people are childhood best friends or they're holding on to people in sort of certain 
expect. We went to school together, we went to college, and that's why we're so close. These are two women who are in a very difficult, demanding adult role, right? They're trainee surgeons from the start, and they do latch on to each other. And even in the very first episode, there's friction. They work together on Meredith's patient because they can't figure out what's wrong with her. They're worried she's going to die. And Meredith realizes she's just slept with Derek and Derek is the surgeon who's going to be doing whatever surgery they decide. So she says to Christina, oh, no, look, I'll help you figure out what's happening, but you can then go in the surgery. And it's really appealing for Christina. She's already told everyone, I'm ambitious. I'm here to win. I'm here to be number one. And then Meredith says, well, actually, I'm going to do it once they figure out what's going on. And I think another person, not just woman, in that situation would have gone enemy for life, right? This yeah. is somebody who has stepped all over me. And yet Christina realizes this is somebody she's going to be with for at least three or four years. And she tells her it's a sharky thing to do. She doesn't have to apologize, but they move forward and she maintains the bond with her, even though she's sort of been fucked over. And I think it does show, like you said, a really, really strong importance that Christina places on connections and friendships, even if she's been screwed over. She knows that that wasn't intentional. And actually it's probably something she would have done too if the roles were reversed. There's just a real adult respect in that space where, again, we're in a competitive environment. They're sort of working against each other to get the few positions they will after their internships. But yeah, she really, she really gives Meredith uh, an olive branch and it turns into this beautiful long-term you know, lifelong friendship. And I think it's just one of the most beautiful friendships on TV ever. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, because I think as well, Christina recognizes had the roles been reversed, she would have done the exact same thing. That's it. Yeah. 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 She respects the competition. She respects the she I think ultimately she respected the move. Like it was a bit Mm, it was a bit unintentional-ish on Meredith's part, yet was well, of it? course, yeah. They have a shared ambition, right? They really are there both to succeed. They both want to be the best. But they're quite different personalities and they face quite different challenges. Um, I think there's, there is something really unusual and exciting about seeing two ambitious women push through the difficult stuff, mm. remain really close and support each other's ambitions, um, particularly in a workplace environment, right? Mm. Yeah, so, so true. Because often, you know, in, in a typical show, you see women are pitched against each other, right? Um, mm. And they're not seen as collaborating or supporting each other in their goals. Uh, like that would have been maybe like in the 90s i'm just thinking i don't i didn't really watch er but i'm just thinking like that is the stereotypical representation of female friendship it's just you know we're put against each other and you know it's like only one woman can win but they're just like no <laughs> like we, yeah. we, can, we can have it all in this regard we are both brilliant women and we won't accept anything less uh we are here for a reason they are so convinced of their abilities and talents in this area and it's so amazing to see that on screen like they never doubt that side of themselves um yeah sure like cases and stuff stump them from time to time but they ultimately work together to overcome that and yeah re-watching some of these episodes it was like oh my god there's some this mad shit happening in the world like the man who invested the 10 dolls like, <laughs> i mean this this show some of the medical things that happen on this show are pure comedy um mm. and, and obviously some are incredibly devastating but i think it's mm. it's really it's really interesting because i think medical shows are kind of a hard sell i mean er was obviously a massive success that was in large part to the sort of hot doctors swanning around um mm. and grave 
taps into that. Obviously, this is also a show with a lot of relationships and a lot of sexual tension in the workplace, which is a lot of really good looking people. Really good looking. looking <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the sort of hospital you want to be admitted to. Um, you do, but, you do, because you're like, if Mac Dreamy's operating on it, you're just like, oh no, you're going to see me in my underwear. <laughs> in a non sexy way. <laughs> in, a, in a I'm passed out and my head is shaved way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's yeah, it's exactly it's exactly that. So it tapped into the same thing. But I think because you have these amazing, truly female characters at the head of it, right? This is the Meredith and Christina show. There are excellent characters around them. Izzy's really interesting. Bailey's really interesting. You've got a lot of people over the series that come in and out. Callie changes the dynamics. Addison changes the dynamics. There's so many mm. sort of interesting women that are thrown in, but the constant, at least for those first 10 seasons, is Meredith and Christina. And it's almost like we watch their love story more than we watch Meredith mm. and Derek's. Like, that's just so touching and beautiful to me because it's not sold that way, but that's why it's not ER. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. But really sold it for me personally. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of Bailey, that Sandra O. Oh, initially came in to audition as Bailey. Yeah, yeah. And then she becomes the new Nazi. I know. But so actually, <laughs> back on that, uh, so this was the show where Shonda Rhimes uh, learned her fate. It was her favorite no, apparently. So Shonda Rhimes is quite an introverted person. She writes about this, uh, which led to that memoir, The Year of Yes. Or she dared herself based on something her sister told her, which is that, you know, she never says yes to anything. So she, so rambling here. <laughs> so anyway. Um, but also so, for context, because I don't think I said earlier, Shonda Rhimes is the creator and showrunner, just for the people who do not know. There okay. we go. Great. <laughs> uh, so yes, so Shonda Ron's quite an introverted person and she, in the casting, she could not make a decision about who was going to play Christina. The network were super keen on this one actor. Shonda just knew it wasn't right. She couldn't say no. She didn't know. She just felt she was so overwhelmed by her indecision. She hated She didn't want to let anyone down. She knew it all rode on her, a lot of pressure. But then she had a pep talk from the casting director being like, you know, this is a lot of resources. You're wasting people's time and resources. But ultimately, this is your show. It all, it's down to you, right? So then Shonda learns, she's just like, she just says she says no she says this is not the person and she stands up and she's just like i'm the captain of this ship she doesn't say that but that's just like you know the gist and the <laughs> next the very next day sandra O oh walks in to audition for bailey but she was like no that's young and then oh. and then christina yang was born and she just said the key fit in the lock finally that has given me chills i mm. really really love that story yeah Oh, it all happened for a reason because Shonda said so. <laughs> she really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's really beautiful. And uh, truly, I think Sandra O oh is such a phenomenal actor. I I couldn't imagine any other person in the world being able chef's to deliver. <laughs> yes, we love an audible chef's kiss. Um, yeah. But truly, truly, I just, I could not imagine anybody but Sandra in that role. She is... No. She is Christina to me. And obviously mm. she's gone on to be amazing in Killing Eve as Eve. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I still see her as Christina first and foremost. I think I was first introduced to her in Under the Tuscan Sun. I was like, oh, this woman, she's so good. The trees, the creepy trees. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good film. Such a good film. But yeah, back to Christina. So actually Christina is Shonda's alter ego. Christina is ultimately her grand vision of female freedom. I have a quote here, actually. During my darkest hours, my quietest, saddest moments, my loneliest times, writing Christina Yang fortified me. I leaned into Christina, 
wrote her more eloquently, coloured her more brightly, drew outside her lines, let her do and think and live in ways that voice my dreams. She did not want to get married. She had a genius that she chased. She loved her work. I gave her a strident desire to not have children because while I adore children, I wanted to watch her fight that feminist battle and win. God. Mm. I'm just going to sit with that for a minute. <laughs> that is, oh my God. Do you know what that is? That is just, I think, truly what every female screenwriter dreams they have the opportunity to do. Just write, mm. write the woman who's able to get away with the things they're told they're not. Christina is that woman. She just is for, for us all, right? She really has conviction in her beliefs. She follows through. She succeeds. She's an excellent friend. She gets all the dick she wants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. There's a scene where Georgia Valley is just like, oh, I've gone so long about, without sex. And he's just like, do you know when you go so long, you can't even remember what it feels like? And she's just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah she's truly she's the most sort of I feel like confidence too simple a word but just in her personal and professional conviction she is just hyper confident and capable and self-assured in a way that I think a lot of people male and female just don't seem to have the belief in themselves to follow those instincts or say those things out loud, right? She literally wears everything on her sleeve and it doesn't always go well for her, but it's the sort of way we all would love to be, right? To say everything that pops into our head and still be loved for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just another thing about Shonda, when, you know, talking about Christina, she goes, I talk about my ride or die group and it's a very intense group of people. And one of the people on the list is Christina Yang. And she doesn't exist. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I'm glad that we all love her this much. I'm like, yes, she did have this impact on us all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Because um, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the women we're discussing on this series and a lot of the, what they all have in common is they're challenging our conceived notions of motherhood and women in society and work career mm. and i think it's re it's so true just seeing a woman ultimately not have a child is rare it's really rare to see that on screen because even with andrea from call my agent who we discussed last week she is, is very similar to christina very driven so like the work like she is just as committed to her work as christina and is just as selfish, very driven, uh, very determined, and so self-assured in, like, very confident in her ability to do her work. And then, but she still has a child. I mean, but that lends itself to another storyline, which is really interesting and unpicks queer motherhood. But with Christina, she really just it's resolute. I am not having a child. That's going to derail me from my ultimate love, which is surgery. I love mm. surgery, like as in what ultimately attracts her to Dr. Burke is his surgical skills. She is so <laughs> turned on by that. She is not a sapiosexual. She is a surgery sexual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she is so turned on. Like one of the first episodes, a standstill surgery was on the cards and she genuinely just, she couldn't let it go. She was like, a standstill surgery? Oh my God. Like she just gets so jazzed and she's so, passionate about her career and the things she can learn and it's do you know what it's really thrilling to see that on screen a woman who is so enlivened by her job the mm. fact that it gives her it's her it's her nourishment it's her fuel is it unhealthy <laughs> see i i would argue it isn't because actually the things that she struggles with the most is personal side of her life right the people who she lets in those difficult things the healthiest relationship she has actually is the one with her work when mm. she's going through difficult it's almost it's almost the opposite for the average person i think she's going through something difficult like on her wedding day to burke right she's unsure she gets cold feet she's running all over the place the thing that she knows will calm her is just cutting into a person just one little cut 
she runs back into the hospital. She's like, please, Bailey, let me do like one incision. And that's the opposite for us all. It's normally we go into work, we're like, oh my God, work is the worst. We go invest in the people we love. We go turn to the people we love. She turns to surgery. It's a very different, entertaining and fulfilling thing for her. And yeah, I think it's just a really, just a really wonderful part of her character. Is she not the capitalist wet dream though? No. just being that dedicated to your work so that is what capitalism sells us it's just like work 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 and she is the most <laughs> workaholic her, yeah. her work is for people right like she is quite literally a doctor of the heart mm. there's i mean like the metaphors abound but <laughs> she she is not selling anything she is not pushing some company's agenda forward. She is literally saving people's lives every day of hers. And that feels inherently non-capitalist for me. It's the right kind of workaholism. I think you have to be actually, mm. to be a medical professional, you have to be that passionate about your work, don't you? Otherwise, what actually gets you through all the deaths and all the difficulties and the being forced to I don't know, save your best friend's husband's life while a gun is being pointed at you. <laughs> oh, I know. That was a mad, mad episode. I just, yeah, just reliving all that. Just, I just, like, remembering those episodes. I was like, fuck me, she goes through so much shit. Um, yeah. Should we, yeah trauma, you... should we trauma dump for all of Christina's traumas? Because that can be entertaining. <laughs> all right, go on. Run us through the list there. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm just saying this on the top of my head. The first one is obviously the personal trauma of being left at the altar by Burke through the ectopic pregnancy. Ah, wait, ectopic preg pregnancy first and then left at the altar, no? Yeah, but is, is, was the ectopic pregnancy a trauma? Oh, oh my God. Like she couldn't stop crying for ages after. Yeah, okay, we'll call it trauma. I think yeah. I think that there's a there's a complexity there in the fact that she didn't want the baby, right? But we'll, it's a tra we'll it's allow a, it. It's a bodily trauma. Her left fallopian tube burst. Okay. We call it trauma. <laughs> yes, okay. And it's That's gonna have an impact somewhere. Her body will remember that. <laughs> right. It's on the inside. Um yeah. yes, okay, so that will we allow that on a list. Um second being left at the altar. Which was such an interesting one, I think, in the idea that they both knew they really didn't want to marry each other, right? So again, it's it's an interesting sort of thing to call a trauma, probably the same sort of gut reaction I have to the ectopic pregnancy and the fact that it sort of serves who she is and what she wants, but that doesn't mean it's not painful for her. Those sort of challenges in our lives can be the most difficult. It can be the, you know, the thing that we don't want, but that doesn't mean it's not painful or there's not hurt or it's not a massive change and a readjustment. I think like watching the episode when she's left at the altar is so interesting because you are so convinced it's going to be her that she's not going to follow through with that wedding. And then when you see it happen to her, it's, it's the choice removed, right? And it's done out of love. Burke literally says, like, I know that you don't want this. That's mm. why I'm making this decision. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have its own traumatic moment. I'm very happy that Meredith and Christina went on the honeymoon that they were supposed to go on. One of my favorite parts of their friendship um, mm -hmm. in those early yeah. days. Um, but even so, it's a, it's that similar point where Meredith and Derek sort of call it quits for one of a thousand times. And yeah, it feels much more significant for Christina, I think. But anyway, sorry, not to go through that. What's the next trauma? Um, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot that happens. But the next one I'm thinking of is the hospital shooting. There's mm. something that happens before that. Oh, I think, do you know, it's, it's more, she's dating someone who is suffering from, is that where she's dating Owen Hunt? Yes, and he strangles her. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, so that is like, she's in a relationship where her partner is suffering PTSD. And that is its own trauma. That is a very, she doesn't choose the easiest relationships though. Um, she doesn't also, go for easy partners. No, and I hate Owen. Like, from the get-go, man, that was a terrible choice for her. She could do so much better. 
Yeah, that was rough. Uh, that was actually a really interesting uh, relationship. <laughs> and just the fact that she replaced, and then she, what is it? She gave, she gave Altman. She's like, you can have Hunt. I just want you as my teacher. <laughs> Yang, love that. Just, Legit. That was a proper Yang. I just was like, yeah, brilliant. But also fucking, I'll cut throat. Jesus, the price of a price of a man. <laughs> And I think their their relationship is sort of continued trauma for her because mm. she's dealing with somebody who how do you explain their dynamic? They're both clearly sexually attracted to each other, right? And that tends mm. to be how all of her relationships start with this sort of intense sexual chemistry. I think the only reason she ends up marrying him is post-trauma from the hospital shooting is so tied up in the dynamics of their relationship already that he's not fully invested but he seems to be the right choice for her at that moment she only dates inside the hospital anyway right like all of the characters seem to but i think that it's like the worst choice available and that seems to be at least in my watching, my subjective watching of her journey, something she seemed to do on purpose, that maybe the worst choice would prove different than the choices she felt naturally would be a better fit. Like a Burke, who was a lot like her, very calm, collected, straightforward. Owen felt quite different and quite emotional actually and one thing I think we would say about Christina is she's not an outwardly emotional person and maybe that seemed like something different to her to go for this hyper PTSD suffering emotion-led guy and yeah I mean a terrible choice objectively but maybe for a person like that that seems like a dip in new waters I don't know yeah I'm just thinking actually back to the, again, it's it's back to the ectopic pregnancy and it's post surgery. And she, in, in order to cope, she <laughs> she needs to dive into a case. She needs to solve some other patient's uh, medical history, and she ends up being right with her diagnosis. Everyone else is so clueless, and she just has figured it out. And then she just goes, "I was right. I was right," and breaks down. She's always right, and it's that thing of when she's wrong, like, I think in that moment, she maybe felt she had been wrong about Burke and she'd been wrong about the pregnancy and all that stuff. And then I'm thinking about, she is someone who always gets it right. So just tying into this um, relationship with Hunt, she wants to go for something that, like to your point, that felt totally different and yeah, just, just giving it a go. I think as well. Maybe something that felt wrong was going to be right exactly and all but also after going through such a traumatic event like you're not in a good headspace at all mm. you know you're not in a space to be making any sort of decisions you just have so much on like just unpick and i also wonder about the comfort of you know she has her own ptsd he has ptsd they can both be in it together it's i mean it's a <laughs> recipe for absolute spiral downwards it, it, it's its own brand of toxicity <laughs> my trauma will help your trauma yay yeah, yeah. No, no, and I, in works. a weird way as in when she has ptsd it actually makes owen hot for her you know it's like it's another layer of, it's like oh she's in it too now now i can understand her <laughs> i fucking hate him honestly he's a terrible man yeah. Um, he he like I know some people love him. I'm just like, but also something so unlikable about him as a person. With the shooting, character. I also wonder the uh, you are in a, a event where suddenly it's like fuck it, like you're on a knife's edge of life. In like obviously they're like every day they're faced with the life life and death battle, right? But when it's mm. you at gunpoint, you're just like. Fuck it, I can die. I can literally die tomorrow. Why not marry this dude next to me? When we have great sex, why not? <laughs> yeah, he's a good teacher. Why not? <laughs> well, I mean that. I mean, good teacher. That is uh, subjective, really. 
because he used their relationship against her. He could be such a dick to her. He's a hor- he's a horrible narcissist. Very coercive. Really don't like him. But let's mm. talk about the shooting. So let's set up what sort of happens for Christina and Meredith in this space. Basically, that's a long story, <laughs> short version of this. Guy comes in desperate to kill Derek. Uh, he eventually finds Derek and shoots him. And we, I think in the penultimate episode, are left to assume that he's going to die. Then in the finale, we see, oh yeah, also Christina and Meredith have seen him be shot and Meredith's obviously lost her mind. Christina tries to get Meredith to stay in a closet with her and hide, thinking basically if she goes out to try and save Derek, she's also going to be shot. What she eventually does is get pushed over Meredith, uh, basically thrown onto the floor so uh, Meredith can go find Derek. Eventually find him and wheel him into an OR so Christina can perform life-saving surgery on him. Obviously in this space, hospital shooter is still out on the loose. He assumes that Derek is probably dead, but he's off making other people's lives miserable at this point. So what we see is Christina not only fearing for her life and the life of her friend, but take on the challenge of saving her best friend's husband's life in front of her with all the adrenaline of a shooting potentially dying herself she calls you know go find hunt to go assist me on the surgery is she an attending at the time no she's a resident so she's not really even allowed or necessarily objectively capable of performing such a surgery right this would be a big thing for her that's why she tries to get uh dr hunt Owen to come in and assist her um, but they can't find him they don't know where he is just yet eventually uh he finds them and when he does the shooter is in the OR and he has a gun held up to Christina's head basically saying stop saving this man's life or I will shoot you and everybody in here Christina's choice in this situation is realistically a life for a life right like, yeah. this is the sort of objective truth of the situation. She might be shot. He could kill Derek at any time anyway, right? He could just take the gun out and, you know, one twice. Um, but she is resolute in her decision to continue performing the surgery. Owen obviously comes in, gets shot, and through it, through it, series of events they sort of fake the shooter out into believing that Derek has died on the table by removing his they call them plugs plugs (laughs) his sensors Mm. um so the shooter believes that Derek's dead so he can just sort of like run out he sees Meredith break down obviously knowing that she's the wife etc etc in this situation like and obviously this is dramatized television but what a truly life-altering trauma to go through, right? Like this is perhaps the most traumatic thing that could ever happen to a person. Not only does she have the weight of her best friend's life, her man she loves slash is sexually attracted to's life, every doctor around her, her life, her best friend's husband's life, like she has everyone's life quite literally in her hands. How any person would get through something like that is beyond like I just cannot fathom what sort of board you'd have to be chipped into to be okay after that yeah I just think at that point it is absolutely the adrenaline that carries you through you are just like it's fight or flight mode um and you just like and she she is a fighter above all Christina Yang is a fighter she mm. is yeah she just would go through it but then you do like she crumples by the end it's she leaves she quits doesn't she quit the hospital and she goes into bartending for a while not straight away um because she basically at the start of the next season fallout from the shooting everyone is in therapy essentially which has been uh insured by the hospital to make sure everyone is safe and well to go back to work and Christina and Meredith are the two who are like, no, you are not ready to go back. Um, it's one of the only times we see Christina 
talk about her emotions actually in the whole series even after all the other traumatic things that happened to her and there's a line that has stuck with me for ages it's just what there's some lines in tv shows right that really you're not exactly sure why they stick with you but i know that this is a very subjective thing for me she's trying to talk to the therapist she's very distracted because she's basically just looking at wedding dresses she's like i'm getting married i'm not interested in talking to you she's very disrespectful of therapy she doesn't really want to be there she doesn't really want to go through the trauma that she's experienced she wants to just get married to this man who she's marrying because she needs to feel safe and she needs to feel secure and he asked her in a state of true post-trauma um, because he's manipulative, but that's a different conversation. Uh, and she says to the therapist, I'm just not a simple person. You know, some people are born simple and some people are born me. I want to be the sort of woman who can just get excited about this wedding and live a normal life and have a simple life. And she's not that woman. And I remember watching it for the first time, literally bawling my eyes out because I don't know if this is something that some people feel and some people don't feel, but that is something I have felt so many times in my life to see a character in a state of true trauma who's trying to muddle through and do their best to express that feeling of not being simple and wishing you were simple wishing you had simple circumstances and wishing you could be excited about the things that other people get excited about just like exceptional writing such a look into christina's own experience um yeah just really sort of like beautiful and emotional and one of the things i remember about her most i think it's just shit having ambition right you're never satisfied it is just like you can't you're never content you're never at peace you're always looking for the next goalpost and what is the next thing to achieve and she's so that person and she'll never be simple because she has too much to fulfill and her cup just ain't full (laughs) (laughs) that's it and but she also she moves through the world obviously outside of moments of trauma like this as somebody whose cup is very full she has a very full work life she loves to get loose she loves to have a good time Mm. she loves her friends uh, she loves the people she's in a relationship with, even if they're sometimes not great for her. Her cup is objectively full, but she on the inside doesn't feel full. And that's, yeah, really complex and really interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, can your cup be full if you are an ambitious person? It can be full. Probably not. I think Probably you need... Not. Yeah, because I think, you know, if you're someone who, if that's an aim for the cup to be full, you have to like look at other ways to figure out how to be content in that piece. But Christina is not that person. She is like, yeah. she just isn't. She just, um, she's very fierce, very competitive. And it's not until she's in the neutral land of Zurich, <laughs> Switzerland, <laughs> that she's like, ah. I've made it. I am director of cardio, th- the, the big long word. <laughs> yeah, I always say cardiothoracic, but that makes me sound like it's a dinosaur. That's what I was about <laughs> to say that. And I was just like, that's true. Yeah, that's surely a dinosaur. <laughs> do- if any doctors are listening to this, we sincerely apologize. Yeah, please do not take this for our level of intelligence. We are not doctors. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a really interesting point, I think. Ambition is a really difficult thing for anybody, right? Not just for women. Mm. And I think the sort of concept around having all the things you're supposed to want to have and having a full friendship circle and a great relationship and an excellent career and, you know, the babies everyone wants you to have is a lot to bear. So if you're very laser focused on one of those things, you inherently will feel like you're not meeting the world's demands, even if you're okay with that. You ha- she has a level of understanding, right? That people will want things for her that she doesn't want for herself. So mm-hmm. she's she's not gonna be able to be simple, air quotes, in that sense. Yeah, and I was thinking a lot about her name, you know, Yang, it's like yin and yang. And yeah, yang is the active masculine energy, you know, it's very 
it's, it can be aggressive it's which is why you need yin which is more passive it's softer it's more feminine energy and um meredith is yin exactly yeah whereas owen he's yang he's too much yang Mm. yeah he is too young god i hate him (laughs) (laughs) my auntie owen podcast yeah that's coming soon (laughs) yeah he yeah i just uh i did miss burke when he left that because i just like that i just thought it was like a you know lovely i think he had a lot of softness to him that really helped to balance out christina yeah yeah but also does she need a man no that's the thing i'm i'm just thinking about relationships in this series like i just think like the relationships really detract her from her ultimate love and goal which is surgery and to be ahead of cardio and then it's it's funny because then she gets into a relationship with um a second year resident is that right her second year intern and mm. i part of me just like oh my god the student becomes the teacher you know like you know <laughs> Because she was once a you know an intern getting with Burke, and now suddenly she's a resident getting with an intern, or or is it, sorry, she's an attending getting with a resident. Um, oh, so many terms. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a hierarchy, but yeah, it makes so much sense for her to be getting with someone who is her junior because she can, she can just be who she is. She is just like I'm mm. a brilliant surgeon. This is my be all end all and this man will support and respect that and ultimately goes with her to switzerland because he wants to learn from her i mean hot hot yeah Yeah. she she figured it out there (laughs) yeah if you yeah exactly i just think if if she's getting with her like superiors her mentors there's too much competition because she just wants to be them and they're not comfortable with that they they love teaching her and she does become their sort of replacement when Burke and he had that tremor in his hand and she covered for his surgeries she ultimately replaced him and Mm. so yeah he was made redundant in that sense the kind of transgression there that just how Mm. she ultimately levels up in her skills but she ultimately kind of becomes burke and so she surpasses him and then he has to leave Mm. but this is it isn't it i think the the dynamics particularly and unfortunately for women who try to succeed is that all men will find it somewhat threatening on a on some level right and that's not always a conscious idea either i think it's the society we live in that if a woman comes in and she seems just as capable as a man on a senior level that really unsettles men and people generally i mean it would also unsettle a woman but i think there's something inherent in the sort of gender binary about women always going to be a little a little step under wherever a man has reached so for someone to be so capable and to supersede them at the point that they objectively shouldn't be able to do that would be really threatening actually for anybody. Yeah, well, even just thinking about when women were allowed to, you know, go to college and study medicine and, you know, it's only like, we're just kind of slowly catching up and gaining on them. So it is, it's a massive shift. and uh, you know, and she it's, is at the forefront. <laughs> she is. Oh, she is ahead of the curve. She is leading the fucking pack. That's what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what she does? She lifts while she climbs, which is truly amazing. She there's a scene where she's telling Lexi to just be your best. You know, just she always pushes her colleagues to be the best they can. Doesn't matter their gender, but she but she also she pays attention to the women. She's just like never put yourself in a corner you know, don't be baby. And Mm. yeah, and it's, but it's such an important message for women to get because we can often be belittled in society. I was listening to this, listening to a podcast about the authority gap and it is, it's across the board. Women are being, okay, I'm gonna, gonna, can I sidetrack into a little anecdote now? (laughs) 
Please do. Well, it's not an anecdote, <laughs> but it's just a story I heard and I couldn't believe it. Okay. So the Pope is coming to Ireland. Mary McAleese is president at the time. She is there with her whole delegation behind her and, and she's there with her husband. The Pope is coming over to shake their hands, right? To shake her hand. But he goes to the husband. His hand is outstretched. He goes first to the husband. He goes, wouldn't you prefer to be the president of Ireland as opposed to the husband of the president? What? The husband refuses, does, does not take the hand, of course. Mary steps in and is just like, hi, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Mary McAleese. I'm the president of Ireland as elected by the people of Ireland. The Pope later goes, oh, I heard, you know, you're a woman with a sense of humour. I was just making a joke. And she goes, "I yeah, I do have a sense of humour, but I didn't find that particularly funny because if the president had been a man, you would never have said that. You would never have said such a thing. Ain't that the truth. Yeah. God, that is so... <laughs> I know. I know. I just couldn't. This was so. This was actually a, um, a, it's a book written by Mary Ann Seacart, uh, the on the authority gap. Just she basically interviewed so many women in the hot, like highest fields. Just and then you know, and then regular people. Just it just showed that across the board, women tend to be belittled by men, and it's like society doesn't stand to gain from that because it's about how do we create a society where. We can just all be equal and there's no competition. There's no need to be afraid. Like That's it. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the reasons I think weirdly that medical drama works best for a character like Christina, because if it wasn't absolutely no, nothing but facts in a woman's corner, right? Like she's an excellent surgeon. She has the best skills. She figures out what people need better than other people figure it out. Those are objective truths. That there is no question in there. There is no there is no room to second guess her ability because her ability speaks for itself. Actually, if she was in, let's say, I don't know, journalism, yeah. <laughs> it would be so easy to second guess her ability or her competence right unless it's literally repeated in front of you saving people's lives she's objectively the best choice and that is the issue i think obviously in the medical field as well i'm not saying that is a space where there isn't sexism but it's an arena where a woman like her is able to perform and be respected and grow and help others grow because you're dealing in logic you're dealing in science where most of us unfortunately in the world don't have the privilege or opportunity to be in those spaces and to work in those spaces mm. and so that that doesn't work for us all going back to her lifting people up i think that's something that she she knows too that's some, that's something she has to do to ensure that her legacy continues it's not just about her it's about the effect she had on that hospital and those patients and her colleagues that may not be, you know, her modus operandi, but it's an important part of who she is as a person and how she operates day to day. And it's such a healthy teacher model to witness, like to see a nurturing. I mean, it doesn't come across as nurturing, but the because she can be quite aggressive and uh... <laughs> I mean, Gail has no bedside manner oh, for yeah. a doctor. No, <laughs> really no bedside manner. It. Thing is, though, you absolutely want Yang on your case, for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah, she will solve your problem and get you uh, fighting fit in no time. But, yes, I just think, I think often people can feel fear when there's people on their heels behind them. You know, just like, oh, this person might take my place and they're up. So then they get stuck in fear. Right. And then they they uh, maybe don't and they don't act in very kind or rewarding ways. They might push the other person down. They'll resort to nasty tactics, whereas we see a really. Yeah. Again, 
a healthy teaching model where it shows the power of lifting while you climb. You can all be, you know, it just, it works out for the common good. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, just, so it's true. great to see that. It's so great to see that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, any final thoughts on Dr. Christina Yang? Uh, no, I just, I think we, we've covered a lot. I we could probably chat for much longer, but it's like, oh, absolutely. I was off. like, we haven't even talked about the plane crash, but like, we do not have two hours. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> this show is just nonstop juice. It, it, it literally gave us enough to talk about for probably 10 years. Yeah. And that concludes this week's episode. We do sincerely hope you've enjoyed your stay. And if you have, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Just search for She's Having an Episode and hit that follow button. We love seeing your reviews too. So do take a moment to rate and review the podcast if you have 30 seconds to spare. It really helps others discover our show and that will really help the show become better by the week. And if you want even more, you follow us on our social media channels, which you can spell check in our show notes as well as our email address. For any burning questions, future character suggestions and general good vibes. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Until then. <laughs>